Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh dear listeners of the Kokumba Method podcast. Well, welcome back for yet another episode. I'm with me your host Ayman Kokumba Anwar. We are in the holy month of Ramadan as per this episode's um publishment. Um, I'm very excited. You know the day has the, the month has quite has had quite an eventful four days so far and I'm loving it. So yeah, um this may be the only episode you guys may get for this month event. <laughs> but anyways, before the month came in, I happened to sit down with a very, very, very influential person at the academic hill, the oldest academic hill in the country. And yeah, we shall get into that conversation a little bit later. But for now, I urge you to go to wherever you listen your podcasts from mm? and subscribe to the Cocomba Method podcast via Apple Podcasts, via Google Podcasts, um, via Spotify. Just go there, tap that, that button, subscribe, and whenever a new episode will come out, you'll be notified. And for those I share with the links on my social media and platforms, you could always forward those links to friends that you know are avid and pertinent listeners. Is, is that the right word? Pertinent listeners of the Cuckoo, of podcasts. And tell them, hey, there's a vibe here. You could listen into the Cuckoo Method podcast. Yeah. Cucumba, 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 cucumba. Mind you, I'm always taken by surprise by the effect my name has on people. Like, not even just name, but the names. No, Ayman, Kukumba, and War. Like, people just are like, what? Wait, come again? It's crazy. But anyways, we shall get into that towards the end of the episode. Um, Our interview of today's episode with Professor Omar Kukumba was an insightful one. talked about um, policy in the university, his personal life. We also dived into it, where he's from and where he is right now and a few um, words of advice um but prior to this interview <laughs> for this story is that he actually thought we could do this like in 20 minutes or 30 minutes actually 20 was like you know what let me give you 20 minutes i have something to do i have to somewhere to go so let me like i was on schedule like he had scheduled me like at the end of that day somewhere and like um it was like 20 minutes would be enough but i was like in my head i was like you are not i wouldn't say some random startup but you're not some startup whereby if i'm to interview you like you know 20 minutes would be the max 30 minutes would really be overstretching but for you you're an accomplished member of society i mean we could go on for one hour and a half we could go on for two hours because you have a lot to say you have a lot to tell these youth but yeah um well you know because i like throughout the whole interview i was like the first 30 minutes i was on tension will it be 30 will he actually keep 30 and stop or he will continue but as you know you know these people who have a lot to say who have lived it you know um 
when they start to talk and when you're asking them because of their experience obviously like they'll be taken up and we are we moved to a little 60 minutes so i there are some questions i really didn't ask because as you know busy people but yeah um i, I, I was i think what we had what i got was quite you know it's quite sufficient when you listen in so yeah you will have to listen in to the next in the next minutes it was a beautiful interview loved every minute of it yes and i would like to send a shout out to um Uthman, he is my he's my he's my great support system here at campus and like he's really a disturbance like this person will call will literally hype you before he tells you to come and discuss for him you just see an inbox an inbox uh, messages coming in cool kid rich kid now he added on planned kid <laughs> i need your help somewhere but um, um great shout outs to him great shout outs to wilbur and everyone that listens and you know you guys when you're listening tell me that you have listened in akram who is in canada um when you guys listen in just like tell me you have listened in line and you know i could always send shout outs there is moshi who also listens in yeah i think those are, those are all i could remember for now but whenever you listen in you could always you know tell me and tell me send me a shout out in the next episode and i'll obviously do now let's get into um this interview in just a few um dear listeners of the cucumber method podcast i am in one of the highest offices on the oldest academic hill in east africa i'm ecstatic about the conversation i'm going to have with my guests on today's episode of the podcast may he please introduce himself uh, many thanks to you. Uh, my name is uh, Umar Kakumba. I'm a professor and uh, deputy vice chancellor in charge of academic affairs at Makere University. I'm happy to uh, come closer to the communication to the listeners uh, for Mr. Ayman uh, Kakumba. Well, how are you feeling today? How are you doing today? Mm, well, I'm fine. I should say I'm not complaining. And uh, we are glad that uh, uh, the COVID-19 and all of the turbulence we have had over the years yes. is slowly gone down and uh, the academic programming is slowly getting back to, to the normal and it's uh, regular uh, periods of uh, starting and ending of the semester. Definitely. Um, Professor Kakumba, could you please tell us where you are from and how you have gotten here? Your journey, briefly if possible. <laughs> uh, the journey is very long, uh, Ayman. Uh, my journey, you know, started uh, close to 50 years ago. Um, while people look at me, they might not think I'm my age, mm. but it has been a journey definitely having uh, ups and downs, tribulations and trials. But by and large, the good Lord has been very, very generous mm. and uh, to, to me and uh, to all my journey and the steps I've taken. But I, yeah, for starters, I, I was born in Kawempe, Kampala district. Mm. So I have had all my early education in, in Kampala, starting in the Kawempe Muslim Primary School. Uh, surprisingly, people don't know about the primary school. Uh, the secondary school, Kawempe Muslim SS, is what most people know. Mm. But that came many years after the, the primary, primary school. Yeah, the primary school is at five miles Bombo Road, mm. and it used to be one of the best schools in this country, mm. uh, founded by Umeya, the Muslim Education Association, 
the schools at the time in the 80s eh, where Kawempe Muslim would be the best school in the country, uh, Uganda Road Primary School, Shimoni Dem School, Nachivugo and Chihuli Dem. Mm. So uh, from Kawempe I completed my primary, went to Chihuli, had a stint in Chihuli before later on I joined Kampala High where I did my high school and joined Makere University. Mm. Yeah, everything moving in classes, no repetition. I then uh, university, I did a degree um, social sciences, economics, uh, public administration, um, and then uh, later on uh, did a master's degree in public administration and management, a combination between Makere and also um, a fellowship at the University of Nottingham in the UK. Uh, later on did a, a doctor of philosophy, PhD, uh, public sector management. So I'm a public sector management specialist. Mm. And I also did a postdoctoral. After the PhD, there is a postdoctoral fellowship. Mm. So at Cambridge, at the University of Cambridge in the UK. So I'm a fellow of the University of Cambridge. I have published in scholarly publications, uh, in internationally recognized and uh, peer-reviewed journals. And uh, yes, uh, all through uh, from PhD, I have promoted through uh, a lecturer, from lecturer, senior lecturer, associate professor. Yeah, and uh, I'm also a former head of department of management. At, uh, the, then we used to call it FEMA, Faculty of Economics and Management. I was heading management. Uh, later on, dean, I became the dean. Uh, of faculty in the School of Business. I began the School of Business in Cobham's mm. uh, in 2011 uh, up to 2018. Eight years I was the dean, the head of all the academics in the school. Mm. So after being uh, a dean for eight years, uh, I, 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 I was interviewed and competed for, and I became the uh, first deputy vice chancellor for Makere University. That was in 2018, yeah, up to now. You said first deputy. Prior to that, there wasn't a, a deputy. Oh, you the fi oh, the position, I thought. There are only two deputies. There are two. I thought you were saying. From the vice chancellor in the, in the setting of the Commonwealth, a vice chancellor is actually the president of the university. Mm. Or a vice chancellor, uh, they use the nomenclature of vice chancellor in the Commonwealth, the mm. British, former British colonies. Mm. But the Americans use, they call them president. Yeah. So university presidents. Uh, others in uh, uh, Scandinavia and Asia, they call them rectors. University rector is equivalent to university president, is equivalent to vice chancellor. chancellor. So a vice chancellor is not actually a vice, he's actually the chief executive. chief executive. So a deputy is number two. Yes. So in Makere, we have only two deputies. I'm the first deputy for academic affairs and research. The second deputy deals with... Uh, finance and administration. Definitely. Yeah, maybe a little, unlike um, the other university, the position of chancellor, people here have chancellor. Chancellor is a ceremonial titular head. Mm. Basically, is not involved in management of a university. He's mm. like your titular or ceremonial head for conferring degrees or events or ceremonies. So it's largely ceremonial. Mm. But the position that is highest in the university setting That's in true. the Commonwealth is the vice chancellor. So you can say I'm the vice president or deputy vice chancellor number two. I thought you were saying I thought you said that you were the first there wasn't a, a vice deputy vice chancellor mm -hmm. before, but now I've, and now I've got it. Mm -hmm. So now um to the listeners, they they could have siblings coming in in their year one, 
um, in, in the subsequent coming years, also even in the few months to come, what could you advise on that process of choosing courses in all ways, socially, financially, and you know, how, how could you advise them? Because that's a really crucial, crucial part in determining someone's future in the higher education sector. Mm. Yeah, um, choosing uh, a career, uh, they say even in a journey of a thousand miles, you begin with a step. Mm. The first step must be there. Mm. So choosing, uh, you are looking at a career, something that will occupy you as an occupation mm. in terms of professional work mm. for many years after you have left school. But everything begins with what you do at school. Mm. The preparation at school is very, very important. Yeah, but I, it also goes down to what you studied before. Because applying at university for a degree program, is, you must have configured the subject combination that you did at high school. At high school. So it's not very easy to tweak um, you know, um, from the, 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 the subjects that one does at HSC. It's not easy to uh, tweak to another field that may not be in there. line. Mm. or where the subject combination is not essential or does not provide relevance to the degree program that one wants to do. Mm. Although there have been outliers where we have had cases of people, somebody doing a PCM, physics, chemistry, math at high school, and they come down and do law, completely different. Those are very, very unique. You find just one or two cases in, 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 in a thousand. Mm. Yeah, but be that as it may, uh, the whole advice about um, choosing courses, we call them degree programs. Mm. Uh, degree programs at the university, the first and foremost uh, thing to think about is what combination did you do? Mm. Or perhaps it should have begun with um, uh, one selecting the combination at high school. Mm. It's only unfortunate that these days people are not guided and that schools, especially the uh, many schools that are coming out, the the many mushrooming high schools and secondary schools in the country, and the privatization of secondary school and high school education in this the country has kind of watered down the strict um, alignment of combinations that people did. Mm. These days you find somebody is doing fine art, is doing say a language like uh, Luganda or Kiswahili, or then, uh, then adds on uh, maybe another history. history or something. You find that the combination it's not really is not strong well aligned. Mm. Uh, it could be strong because all subjects are important, but there must be something that is pushing you to a particular line mm. uh, of an academic study or a, a program that will again shun you out to a particular you know, uh, career or profession. So th that remains a very, very challenging thing. Uh, these days, so schools no longer guide students on combinations. So I think the biggest problem begins with high school. Mm. But uh, once people have done the combinations, uh, they are still key subjects, depending on whether you have done sciences mm. or arts. But I'll mention that uh, there are four uh, contemporary, uh, what I can say as the traditional and also contemporary relevant uh, combinations of um, of, of, of relevance, uh, major, majorly, majorly, you know, combinations you can talk about. You can talk about combinations for the, uh, let's begin with the sciences. Mm. The, this is what we call biological sciences. Mm. Biological sciences involve biology and chemistry. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there you add on a third, a third uh, subject, either mathematics, BCM, or physics, PCB. Mm. Or uh, biology, chemistry, you add on geography, BCG, mm. although not many people are offering BCG now. So now biological sciences leads you to the biological fields of specialization, which has medicine and surgery, which has nursing, it has pharmacy, it has medical radiography, it has biomedical sciences, agriculture, um, you, you know, veterinary medicine. Mm. So all of that is area of biological. The second combination area is the physical sciences. If you are not biological, physical. physical sciences. Now physical sciences, the key subjects in physical sciences are mathematics and physics. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that's why you had either PEM or PCM. Chemistry is a rejoinder. It can uh, support the physical sciences. It could also support the biological sciences. sciences. But the physical ones are mainly physics, chemistry. Sorry, physical. physics, math. Mm. Physics, math. Now, physical sciences lead you to the technology, technical, computing, mm. because of math and physics. Mm. The engineerings across the spectrum. Engineering in uh, civil, in mechanical, in electrical, in telecom, in in, in many, many areas of engineering. Mm. And also agricultural engineering uh, would require the, some people who have done some biological because of agriculture, but the engineering, the math now comes in there mm. and, and all of that. So there are those that I go between mm. the physical. But if the physical, you go to geology, petroleum, um, and then computing, software, all of those engineerings, they are part of the physical. Uh, so that's the second subject combination line which pushes you to particular. The third one, I said there are about four major. Mm. The third one is about um, a combination of uh, uh, economic business, which has mathematics, economics. Mm. Okay? Mm. And then you can have, have a subject, third subject as geography or physics on the other side for PEM because you have economics, math, yeah. uh, or you have MEG or mm. PEM. Uh, so because of economics and math, that leads you in the quantitative business areas like statistics, mm. like uh, commerce, like actuarial science, like quantitative economics, um, yeah, finance, accounting, those that have the quantitative bit of it with a bias in math. Mm. But then there is the other business side that is not quantitative, the business administration, mm. Uh, you can do then if you have not done the math econ or with the geography. The econ is the essential subject there, economics, geography, or history now, Hague. Okay, Hague or Hell, history, mm. economics. The key subject now becomes economics mm. to the business. So that pushes one in the areas of uh, the business management, but which is not quantitative, which goes in the areas of uh, business administration, human resource management, entrepreneurship, um, procurement. Um, international business, computing, business computing, and all that kind of thing. So that's the third area, which has business management and all. So the fourth one would be generally what we call um, the, um, the, the the social sciences. Mm -hmm. Now the social sciences are broader arts and social sciences. Mm -hmm. Now there you have uh, the generic arts, history, geography, economics, literature. Language. All languages, Arabic, um, French, Germany, that leads you to social sciences and social sciences and arts. Mm. Yeah, gives you political science, you know, uh, sociology, social administration, public administration. Um, then you can take on uh, 
the generic development studies, areas of, um, uh, you know, art. Mm -hmm. uh, if you did languages, then it pushes you to um, uh, some languages that if you want to do it, uh, or if you've done literature specifically, communication, journalism, uh, you know, those become areas and, and the rest of that. Yeah, so those are the areas. Maybe the other fifth one would be law, mm. that again yes, opens kind of door. Different. Yeah, that uh, allows everybody. So those are the broad areas mm. uh, that uh, you know one needs to do. But it all tied down to what one um, does at high school. Exactly. Um, with that, apparently, the, currently the university was to, was talking about lowering the people they are admitting to focus more on research-driven methods. Mm -hmm. Briefly. What is the picture that you would want to see with this new um, development? Yes, Makere University has a strategic plan which is, uh, was enacted in 2020, ending 2030. It's a 10-year strategic plan. Mm. But we break it down into two. First, a five-year, we do a mid-term review, mm. and then locate where we are, and then continue. And then continue. Yeah, so in the new strategic plan, Amakere University is looking forward to becoming a research-led university. Research-led or research-intensive university means mm. that uh, research is at the center of uh, de determining uh, the, 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 the decisions that you do, the teaching that one does is informed by research. So lecturers do not just walk to a class and teach. They must do with research, you know, uh, even uh, research is the one that is going to inform uh, your, 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 your completion that uh, the teaching and learning must be highly um, uh, you know, embedded in research. The students must be involved in research mm. okay, through investigation of knowledge, reading uh, uh, books, library, doing uh, data collection, analysis. So that research mind, even the policies we... we, 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 we we, 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 the, the government makes or other you know, governmental agencies should be informed by evidence, by research. Research provides evidence. You want to address issues of uh, uh, you know, agriculture, the seed, the soil, mm. fertility, the, the, the seed, yes. the seeds the, that we have that are planted, you want to deal with, you know, all of that kind of thing, soil science, plant science, uh, biotechnology, computing, everything must be based on the, the research investigation uh, so that uh, what you do, how you do it, when you do it, uh, policies that govern the country uh, across the, the spectrum. So this research is supposed to ignite innovation exactly. in, these in these students. Fantastic. Research is supposed to create opportunity for new knowledge, innovations, to have what we call research uh, products or research uh, services or knowledge products and knowledge services mm. uh, and knowledge practices, new methods, new ways of doing things mm. and innovations definitely. Yes. Yeah, they are part on person. So Makerere is on that trajectory and uh, what it means is that uh, research is mostly done by graduate students or postgraduate students. Mm. In the first degree or undergraduate, uh, it is more, more, more mostly theoretical. Theor theoretical, but also learning more in the discipline. Mm. Okay, the knowledge there is more on taking in uh, about putting out. Yeah, than putting out exactly. The students largely are taking in 
than uh, putting out or generating their own knowledge. So you can say 70, 30. Mm. Okay, the research component, if it is much at undergraduate, can be to a maximum of 30%. Mm. If you really did, in some circumstances, even like 10 or 5%, the rest is basically the general knowledge that you get in the lecture rooms or just the, 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 the notes that you are given and the discussions and what have you. So for research, it means if you want research led, reduce on the undergraduate mm. and then foster more on the graduate. Mm. Because each master's student or PhD student in a university is a research project because they have dissertations you've heard about them and thesis. Mm. They must do research and write a book. Mm. So meaning that each graduate student does master's is already a publication of research. Mm. But they can be three or four or five. Mm. So meaning that we shall be able to increase our output in terms of research output published art, art articles mm. published books and uh, which increases the ranking of the university Definitely. but also from research you know you have those uh, outputs mm. that can have uh, innovations that can have products that can have services that can have applications and uh, methods and practices and policies so uh, that's why the trajectory we are taking that since the other universities in the country, especially public, mm. uh, they, they, and many have built capacity to teach undergraduate, Makiriri has a greater capacity to train masters and PhDs mm. because we have 1,000 members of staff that have doctorates, PhDs. Now, yes. none of the universities in this country have that. and even within the region have 1,000 with the PhDs. Our total academic number is around 1,400, so 1,000 have PhDs, doctorates. Mm. That's so, a great number. Yeah, sure. Which leads me to the next question I, I, I was going to ask, which was talking about how by the years the level of qualification has has had to increase. Back in that day, you had to have an S4 certificate, you get a nice job. Forms then passed, form 6 certificate, you have a nice job. Then some other time, as long as you had a degree, you could get a job. Now, this is pushing us to a time whereby someone, a degree is not enough. If you are to pass by in Makerere, you have to continue to a master's. You have to continue to a PhD. So what do you have to say about that? Some students are like, a degree will be enough for me. But is it really enough where we are going? And... Is there going to be an, an, an extreme, like even after a PhD is supposed to add on something in the near future as you see things going? Yeah, a very, very good question. A very, very wonderful uh, reflection, really, on the current and contemporary, uh, you know, uh, emerging issues in education, but also the opportunities for career uh, growth and career development. Uh, I should say today, degree one degrees is just like what used to be senior four or p7 of those days <laughs> a reason being mm. that there was a time and the reason for that is that uh, uh 20 30 years ago you would only talk about one university or probably one other university the second university in the country in uganda was the islamic university in uganda after makerere mm. and islamic university just came in 1988 meaning that prior to 1988 it was only Makere. It was only Makere University. Yes. And uh, you were talking about 60 years. It took about 66 years mm. for Uganda to have a second university. Mm. So which means that if you were talking about a graduate in this country 30 years ago, that graduate, if he was a graduate, must have got, come through Makere. Mm. 
-hmm. or a very, very few who could have gone to the exchange program in Dar es Salaam mm -hmm. or Nairobi. So everybody was Makerere. So yeah. and Makerere didn't have capacity, the 1,000 PhD staff mm. we are talking about. Right they now. had a few. Yeah. So the entry, the entry was just about 1,000. General admission for the whole university, 1,000. Wow. Yeah. So meaning you had a few graduates, you had a few people who are qualified to teach degrees. Mm. You had only one university. So but now accessibility has expanded. Government alone has 10 universities. Private universities around 40, so uh, with the tally, the tally is around 50, so each one, and the population has also increased. increased. So we are talking about a population today, perhaps about four times. We still have probably around 18 million, but today population is closer, 45 million. Mm. Okay, so you, you, and there are many, the, the many primary schools have opened up throughout the country, secondary schools, to intake the the rising population so meaning that you have many people who are accessing primary education secondary education while well, there are many dropouts at every level high dropout rates mm. but you also have many people at the time we did high school you know some of us in the early 90s mm. where the whole country would have about 30,000 20,000 doing senior six wow and now it's a hundred thousand hundred plus 150 180 200 mm. doing sen senior, senior six, six. Yeah, so definitely what that means is that you have many degrees and uh, the, the number of degrees that are being churned out from the universities and diplomas in higher tertiary institutions are not at the same pace with the, with, the, with, the, with the job creation and, and, and employment. And that's the dilemma, mm -hmm. meaning that people, the levels of competition have gone higher. Where you needed the first degree, now you need a PhD. Universities will no longer take in people with one degree. Yes. The beginning level is a master's. That's assistant lecturer. Mm. And even a very soon assistant lecturers, we may not have vacancies. <laughs> we might only have, have, have PhDs. PhDs. Yeah, so that, that shows you how well. And with PhD, PhD is the highest level of academic, uh, formal academic achievement. Um, what comes in as a professor, all of those, those are now recognitions in terms of your contribution to research and publication publication mm. yes yeah, so but also phd is now increasingly getting fellowships mm. to do many other things and publishing in different areas yes and, and that's what now ranks them highly um so now moving to that let's move to the graduating period and to the current graduates why I saw a recent statistic where people where they were showing people who have first classes in different colleges and it was per college. You could see that it wasn't above a hundred students with first-class degrees. What could that say about the students themselves mm. at the university? I should say that the situation today is even better. Hmm. During our times, you would hardly get any first-class. There is a time like for it took about 10-15 years to get a first-class in law. Wow. It was very, 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 very uncommon. But now they are getting there. Yes, even in social sciences, yeah, in economics, getting a first class during my years, there was none. We are the best. Mm. We're almost hitting through the first class, but somehow they. But I think even the, 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 there are two factors. One, even the grading system was different. Mm. For us, our grading system was uh, actually the real 
the real the, the real mark mm. first class you had to have one uh, had to to have an average of 80 mm. across which across which was almost impossible 80 across 80 that is now 5.0 mm. meaning if your average was 78 actually for us we are in 78 78 we go to the higher the upper upper second mm. but we are never the first class yes because it was 80 raw max between 70 and 80 upper second mm. 800 first class mm. uh, these 60 whatever lower second then they pass mm. so but now we are you we are using the grade point average mm. which is much easier much probably easier. that's why we are having because somebody with a 3.7 is upper second 3.7 what you only need is just about 66 to pass that. Yeah, you need about 66, 65, 66. That's a per second. So that means if someone sees those figures, they shouldn't be worried. They're like, eh, yeah, you they it's actually a, a quite a good thing and there is still more room for improvement in the coming years. There is more room for improvement. So the numbers we're having of first class today are far better than what we used to have those days. Mm. But I should also say that... Um, uh, there are fields where people are really young people are doing working hard mm. and are performing very very well there are areas where it might not be very easy to um, get the classes uh, to that level mm. so we are cognizant of that yeah but it's still it's still very low but but that's how it should be again you cannot you can't have a lot of it should be a few people well, at the top yeah, that should be because really first class should be the outstanding mm. ordinarily outstanding levels are Fewer compared to the to the to Ordinary. the good, uh, yeah, and the average. Everybody majority passing lower second. Even up as a lower, mm. a lower than um, I mean a fewer than the lower second. Mm. Yes. Um. On to that again with the graduation space. You see universities maybe Harvard, um, New York, all the Cambridges you spoke of. Most times when they when they are com they call them commencement, so in all graduations you see that they are honoring people in different fields, whether it's technology or it's the arts or it's health. They may not have really passed the university, but because of what those people have contributed to society, they either give them a honorary degree, a honorary master's degree, or a honorary PhD. Has Macquarie University thought of doing that? Has it done it? I mean, it's now 100 years. What do you think of that? Yeah, honorary degrees um, are awarded all over the world in top universities, but each university has its own metrics or requirements for honoring anybody. Mm. You don't just make a lot of money and, uh, <laughs> and be a rich man in town and then come to a university. Even if you donated a building to a university, in Makere you can't get a degree because you have donated a building. Mm. No, you consider because the policy and the requirements for honorary awards we give them, mm. but the policy says should be given sparingly. And mm. then there's a committee of uh, Senate that must vet the mm. proposals mm. because the public is free to bring CVs of people who have, uh, you know, um, been made outstanding contribution to humanity, society, areas like education, areas like health saving life it must be not just an occasion that one 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 did something uh, miraculous and helped to save population yeah. people were going to die or fall in a bridge and then he saved the lives mm. it shouldn't be a one-off 
it must be continuous. a progressive, continuous contribution for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Recently, the last graduation we gave a, just one honorary PhD doctorate. Mm -hmm. Call it honorary doctorate. Oh, it's okay. just a honor, but it was not for a Ugandan. Mm -hmm. I think for the many we have awarded, the only person who have uh, ever awarded the honorary doctorate is uh, uh, probably lately, recent, it should be the President Museveni and the President of uh, Turkey, uh, Erdogan, mm. for his uh, contribution to humanity in, uh, in politics, in developing his country and moving it to where it is right yeah, now. Where it is in terms of uh, the economy, strong economy. Turkey is a strong economy. Mm. And uh, so those are the recognitions that we give. We gave readily recently, not a politician, but a man, the former executive director of Gavi. Mm. Uh, Gavi, um, Gavi is the global uh, you know, fund for vaccines, vaccine initiative. Yes. Global something for vaccine initiative where they, they, they fund and support research to develop vaccines. Yes. Now that gentleman and another one also was uh, awarded. Uh, the other one was from Case Western Reserve University, U.S. University. He mm. came it out in Makerere here in the 90s. And uh, when he went back, he was on a Fulbright scholarship as a visiting professor, yeah. taught at Makere Medical School. He got so much, uh, you know, living in love with the University of Makere and uh, took a few of our master's people he had taught then to Case Western Reserve University. Mm. They did some did their master's, those who had one degree, some did PhDs. The professor Jolova, professor Harriet Mayanjak is a Many of them. So, so Fakis Western University has trained about 30 PhDs mm. from Uganda and from Akerere, mm. and uh, it was behind this gentleman. And he also brought in a lot of his research funding. He, he wrote research projects and proposals with Makerere academic staff, and they won many grants from the American Centers of Disease Control and Prevention from National Institute of Health in America, from the National Science Foundation, from USAID, Mm -hmm. So when you look at all of those contributions to developing capacity, so those are the things that you based on to give a honorary what? Degree. A honorary PhD. PhD. Honorary <laughs> PhD honorary doctorate. But it is a honor. Yes. It's not an academic what? Document. PhD. It cannot be presented for a job mm. or for what? It's a honor. It's yeah. a recognition. Yes. Yes. Do you have do we have people who, here in Makere who have been awarded the Fulbright scholarship? I, I, I've heard of it. It's really a prestigious yes, one. Many, many are Fulbright scholars. We have many of them. Uh, recently, when we were celebrating Market 100, we had the St. Zakajubi Memorial Lecture. Mm. Professor William St. Zakajubi is a former vice chancellor of Makere. Yeah. Twice he was vice chancellor. In the 70s, 78, I think, to 1978 uh, to 81. And then later on comes uh, up to uh, 1989. Uh, 88 up to around 90. Mm. So he came back twice mm. as vice chancellor. But he's a Fulbright scholar. Mm. He was actually the first Fulbright, American Fulbright, Uganda. Mm. But there are many who have won Fulbright here. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. Uh, to do either their PhDs mm. uh, in any American university or to do their uh, postdoc mm. fellowships to be attached as scholars in residence nice. when they go to the United States. Yeah, so ideally, there are many Fulbrighters, I may not easily mention the names here. I think we have more than 30 or so in Makere staff who have one Fulbright. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, Makere has now tried, as the administration, to 
try to remedy the chaotic environment of the students, moving it to an intellectual beat with um, with these intellectual dialogues, and you are the head of the academics. Um, I was thinking, shouldn't these dialogues and, in, and, and, and debates not be at university level, but rather at college or school level, so that these people are actually brought onto? Because people think these dialogues are actually associated to politics, but actually they could spark critical thinking in these students and intellectual thinking in these students. So don't you think they should be moved closer to the colleges, colleges and different schools? I think that should be the real issue, as rightly as you are putting it. Mm. And I must say that uh, you will not be reinventing the wheel. When we were undergraduates here in the 90s, mm. we had in the arts quadrangle, in the Livingstone quadrangle. Mm. You know, those quadrangles were actually debating platforms, even in the halls of residence, not only at colleges or faculty or school. Mm. Okay, we are debating, you are debating, there were motions. Fridays afternoons would be reserved. Mm, for that. Yes, and actually some would want to have it like a university-wide, then you book the main hall. Mm. But we used to have at Arts Codrango, the uh, UH Codrango, that middle, and UH and Livingstone in there. Now, that was a platform for engagement. Mm. Okay, and, uh, and, 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 and even the campaigns for students' leadership mm. were real on issues. Mm. Students then would express their political views and political inclinations, mm. but that did not stop them from engaging intellectually. Mm. So, but nobody ever stopped that. Mm. It is the culture and the minds of the students, but and when the culture was being driven around of violence and all of that, that probably orchestrated that. Part of it, I think, also emerged from the strikes and all of those rights. Also emerged from. Uh, from those I, sessions. I think, yeah, yeah, but also you may not necessarily blame the students' community mm. because uh, um, the liberalization uh, policies where government was slowly pulling out of uh, social services mm. and expenditure and leaving it to the private sector mm. also affected higher education. Mm. At one time, Makerere was almost left to government was just giving a contribution, say, of 30%. And then 70%, you had to look it through so fees. Now, what did the university have to do? Increase fees mm. to run its budget. Because government just gives you a little contribution, the rest is yours. To Survival. Do. Okay? Mm. So the institution couldn't survive unless it, it, it costed its, its service, which is education. Definitely. So when the fees were hiking, when the services were, were poor, the students would strike. Because also government, because government's uh, funding was also reduced badly. Mm. But I'm happy that uh, lately, uh, I think in the last about four, five years now, five years, government has came in to support universities, mm. taking over the wage bill, because we had to contribute to the wage of the of the workers. And the, yet the wage, electricity alone, water alone. You to look at those utilities, electricity and and water. Every month, the university pays closer to two billion mm. billion for each utility. Now that's a lot of money, billion shilling. Yes. To pay for water, to pay for, for electricity. Exactly, electricity. You cannot know how much water is used in a day here. Take care of that of all whole halls of residence. Everybody is flashing who goes to the washrooms. Some students go to the and live on the tap, and the, the water flashes. Plus, yes. You understand. 
the, the power that goes on, whatever. If in a house, a single house, you pay 200, a bill of 200 for power, for how that. about a whole university for campus, university. including security rights? So the whole issue came into the cost when the government had uh, almost uh, reduced its funding. The university had to hike fees, but also the university had to, the students' uh, support was also down completely. We couldn't maintain the facilities. We couldn't pay water. Then the, 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 the national water, the umeme cutoff. They you know, those are the things that created a problem on, mm. the, on the side of the services. So yeah. But that has slowly improved. So you may not entirely blame it on the students, but also the other thing has been the growing culture of violence and 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 aggressive. Uh, I mean, um, uh, 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 you know, where the students feel that they they, they, they need aggression. Eh? Mm. Why it's entitlement? Uh, yeah, also the false sense of entitlement that this is. Uh, yeah, so that's why you had we had to apply a double method, mm. the carrot and the stick. So those whose disciplines were beyond what is uh, normal conduct in a society of a university environment, they would get some, some sanctions. Eh? You, know, you know, suspensions, some arranged before disciplinary committee of council and all that kind of thing. Because you must have order, yeah. okay? Yeah, so that was part of it and I'm glad that the recent leadership of the guild now has become more so it is the student thing, and for us, we are supporting them. Definitely. And I think maybe, said, as I said, that she used to have these debates um, on a weekly in the, in the whole quadrangles. Maybe instead of having porridge nights, we could go back to that. Yeah, exactly. We could go back to that. So yeah. now that brings me, um, with all the, the violent and chaotic nature of the students in the recent past, what could have been one that was really, it really took you off, like you were surprised by what was happening? I, 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 I don't want to use the word memorable, but yeah, one of the experiences that has really been like that that shouldn't happen again. It was overboard. I can't. I, I, I can't. Yeah, there was a very very unfortunate one, a very bad one that hit me badly when I was still dean, the dean of uh, the school of business at Cobham's. Mm. That should have been around 2012 or 2013. Uh, I think the whole thing emerged from, uh, you know, um, some fees increment because the university was struggling. I think they had added on something like uh, probably an average of around two, 100 to 200,000 uh, because the university was really struggling. Mm. We couldn't pay for the water, we couldn't pay for electricity, the staff were striking because of the low salary, wage. So you had trouble between the staff but also the students want better facilities in the halls, maintenance, water is cut off. Mm. You know, you could, when plumbing, when there are breakages, you can't pay contractors. So the university was wallowing in debt. Yeah. So there was some little increment of money and of course the guild had been involved. Mm. The problem with the guild, its length of period is only one year, one year. Mm. The one guild comes in, they look at, say they plead, no, let us do benchmarking, let's do research. And, they plead, they do, uh, and then they say, recommend, no, at least instead of increasing by, say, 400,000, you increase by at least progressively, maybe 100,000 every year, 100,000 every year. That one is agreed. And then, uh, now, the following guild, when it comes, the new cabinet, when people are campaigning, for them, they say, ah, they shouldn't increase anything. Now, that's the problem with the students. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so what in that 2012, what happened was, uh, 
students started slowly, chaotic, then they moved to colleges. There was a Land Rover at the College of Business, which was donated by SCBF, mm. African Capacity Building Foundation. Mm. It's a vehicle for the college, whatever. The students burnt it. The student went to uh, the rampage uh, on the computer lab. We had sourced for computers from AERC and World Bank. Mm. AERC, African Economic Research Consortium, and the Joint World Bank, JICA, Japan International Corporation, had given us computers, desktop, for the computer labs for the students. For them? Then they got the hose pipe for water, and they splashed all of the computers. And now we started wondering that this the lab was for students, for teaching them. Definitely. Computing using them. Then new computers, they splashed them with the water, and and to tell you, more than half of the computers were destroyed. And you say this is a student facility. What brain does one really have to go to and do that. destroy? They mm. burn a vehicle which is for the college helping them. They destroy computers. They throw stones and glasses are broken and everything. Mm. Yeah, so those are, it was very, very painful. Now they go to vehicles of passers-by. They go to Katanga. They go to to Chivuru, mm. one day there they ransack people, this is a roadside seller. No, those were thugs. Mm. Those were thugs. Not mm. students. Not really students. And of course some, you know, hooligans also, even rascals around the, the university would also take advantage. Mm. So that's why violence and riotism is, 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 is not really good mm. a method of addressing any misunderstanding or conflict. Um, moving on from that, personally. Is chess part of your hobbies? Ah, the game of chess? Yes. Ah, now chess is another story that I can tell you. <laughs> for the record, I'm a former national chess champion Yes. for Uganda. Mm. I'm also a former junior and East African chess champion. Mm. When I was still in secondary school, early 90s, mm. and when I was at the university in 94, 95, 96, I played chess. I played for a uh, national team, mm. Uganda to Egypt yeah. at African Games uh, in Egypt, mm. where we came in number three. We won a bronze mm. medal as a team. That was 1997. I played even at the World Chess Olympiad wow. in the <laughs> early stack of Mikia, Russia. Mm. So I competed. I won the East African Championship, Pan Paper. So I, mean, I won many. You, when you come to my home one day, you'll see the trophies are all littered around. <laughs> so I'm a former national chess champion. So it's one of, what are other, what are one of those other hobbies that you have? Well, I, yeah, yeah, I played. I used to be a sportsman, a really serious sportsman. Mm. Even when I was at the university here, I played, uh, apart from chess, I played uh, badminton. Mm. I also played uh, football. But mm. uh, yeah, football largely I played at the... Um, not for national or whatever, but for the university team here, yeah. Nkrumah um, Hall, when we had the inter-hall competition. By the way, which hall were you when you were in Nkrumah Hall. Oh. The, the great Nkrumah Hall, Osajefo. Osajefo. Yeah, yeah. So um, the whole culture was, uh, was, and there are many people who are contemporaries of uh, of, uh, of my times. The current Attorney General, mm. uh, Honorable Chiriwachiwanuka. Yes. The current uh, you know, Attorney General of Uganda, he was in Nkrumah Hall where on the same guild cabinet. Wow. Um, there are many people around my time. Honorable Mwanga Chivumbi, MP Butambala was in, uh, you, you know, our contemporary on the same guild. Uh, the Honorable Sam Jews joined us later. They came in 
some year or two after us, but we had the, the Mwanga Chivumbis, we had the Marikes, we had Elias Rukwago, Elias Rukwago from Kampala mm. is my classmate, mm. came same year at the university, the Lord Mayor, mm. so those are our contemporaries and we're all active and brilliant young men and women and there are many others that, uh, you know, um, were built mm. uh, through the leadership of the university. Others were very, very strong. Magogo, the current Fofachia person, Honorable yes. Magogo, we are together uh, in Nkrumah Hall. Oh. He was <laughs> the interior minister, he was the finance minister. Wow. Yeah, so um, so those are the contemporaries. So he's, he's a Nkrumah activist also and, and a couple of others. That is amazing. Um, with your position, of course, you have traveled the world to different places. What has been that place you have gone to and you're like, oh, it's, it's been a work thing, but I wish I could have stayed here for like a few more days. It was really amazing when you reached there and you wished your stay was a bit longer. Well, that place I've gone to several times. Oh. Uh, I, but there are many interesting places in this world. Um, but one of the most beautiful uh, places is, uh, is Sydney, mm. Australia and mm. Melbourne. Mm. Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. Uh, last year I visited Canberra, the capital of Australia. Mm. Very, very beautiful. It is at the sea, the, uh, it's at the ocean. All of those, Melbourne, Sydney, and, uh, Actually thought Sydney and was Canberra. Capital. No, it is Canberra. Oh. Canberra is the parliament is in Canberra. Oh. Yeah, Sydney is there, you know, they have commercial cities. Mm. The commercial city, but the administrative capital is Canberra. Canberra just like South Africa. The other one which is interesting is, is South Africa, Cape Town. Mm. Okay, I, 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 I did study in, uh, part of my studies, graduate studies was at the University of Pretoria. Mm. Pretoria is good, but Cape Town is beautiful. It's also at the sea, at the Indian Ocean. Part of it is Atlantic, okay? Part of it, part of it is uh, Indian yeah. Ocean. Yes. And there is where they separate the waters okay, between the Indian and you see God. It's a clear demarcation. Yeah, you are seeing the waters are different. Oh my God. It's called the Cape Point. Mm. Okay, you go deep in the waters of the Cape Point. Mm. See where the two oceans. Defer. Yeah, 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 defer and all that. So Cape Town is very beautiful. I've, I've, uh, so normally the capitals that are close to the sea, but the other beautiful cities in terms of building and uh, buildings under the the art, the design, the architecture is you need to visit uh, Malaysia, mm. Kuala Lumpur, mm. very, very beautiful. And of course, Dubai, the Emirates. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, mm. Those are the modern cities now, they are in Asia. Otherwise, Europe, mm, America, no, most of these are very, very old, mm. old cities, very old buildings, especially Europe, mm. uh, Brussels, London, uh, you know, Paris. Uh, all of those Amsterdam, very, very old. They are not very interesting. So it's around Asia. the Asian. Exactly. That's Asian, where everything Australia, is. That's where you see the beautiful uh, cities. And well, you have written in different peer-reviewed journals. Any novels that you have read or books throughout your life that have stood by you? Like this novel, I've read it, and I could read it once again and a couple of times. That someone could read, and you know, it could help them throughout their life. Now, I read novels from the time I did literature mm. when I, in my earlier days, so I read quite a lot. Mm. The African writers, mm. uh, the American writers, and all that, so there is a lot of things. But uh, if you ask me of the best of that I have read in crafting, they are interesting, uh, you know, documents. They, they are in between the, the secular and religi religious writings. Mm. It is secular, but also picking a lot from the... Religious. So, so I can 
quickly pick on a couple of things, and I mean books or three. Uh, one is um, is, is called uh, uh, "Don't Be Sad" mm. by Imshaz Ahmed. Mm. Imshaz, you look for it. Very very interesting. Mm. Uh, don't be sad. No, it's Ahmed Algani. Ahmed Algani. Algani. Uh, don't be sad. Is uh, is is a, a medical. Is a scientist. Mm. He did medicine, surgery, and all that, but then also did theology. Mm. Very, very interesting guy. Very interesting thing. Yeah, he's written, uh, it's a very good book. But there is also one by Imshaz uh, Ahmed. The other is, is Ahmed Algani. This mm. is Imshaz. Mm. He's written one called, uh, the, the title is uh, Reminders for the People of Understanding. Mm. It's a very good one. And then uh, Speeches for an Inquiring Mind. Mm. by the same author. Mm. Reminders for the people of understanding and, and speeches for an inquiring mind. mind. Mm. Very, very contemporary. They are all the time you you get them. They, they strengthen your your faith in doing good, in pursuing justice, mm. in uh, supporting good causes for humanity, mm. in uh, doing credible and fair business. Mm. Yeah, in, in other words, contemporary issues where our society has gone Bazak, the capitalist world does not think about the poor, it's about survival for the fittest. Mm -hmm. But these books tries to put you in the moderation of a human being yes. in the contemporary world, mm. but appreciating that there is a purpose of life where when you have knowledge you must use it for the benefit of others. Mm. So a lot of these books reflect they are a go-between the life, the secular, the living, the mm. practice, but also the faith. Definitely. Yes, those are interesting books. Um, on that, there's this question I wanted, I wanted to ask, and I want to ask obviously. Um, you talked about it, it's with the, it's to do with the government intake of students. Um, currently, you you can see that there are government students. There are government students that um, <laughs> there are government students that um, come on to they, they get government, but they are well to do. But then there, because when, 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 this, when this conversation was going on, someone was like, someone deep down in PG or Chotera got maybe a 15 points. But if they were in a town school, they could get 20. But if they were deep down and they could get 15, why don't we appreciate, do, is there a room to appreciate those people? Is it being done? Whereby it's not really, it's, it could be subjective that people who are from this side, Yes, you have done well. Let's give you. I think you need both. Mm. You also need to reward hard work and competitiveness. Mm. The best should also be given an opportunity to be recognized. Otherwise, if your yardstick was uh, the school where somebody came from mm. or the village where somebody came from, mm. if that was the only yardstick, you would discourage people who are hard working and everybody would just do the way they do. Mm. So while the current government scholarship the merit scholarship really is only beneficial largely to the top uh, first world schools mm. which concentrate around the towns and cities mm. and which are very expensive in terms of tuition fees and what mm. and which also have facilities, laboratories, they eat well, so the learning environment is very good. Mm. Yeah, that, that's true, government merit scholarship is on that. Mm. Uh, but there is also the good thing what government did was also to introduce a loan scheme. Mm. So there is an alternative for the loan scheme for the people who got 15 and they don't get government-guaranteed loan scheme. 
And maybe what would be done would be to create another scholarship. Mm. Okay. Or you dismantle the one on, on government, then everybody gets a loan. Mm. But then you'll also be the recognition and merit. You still yeah. need to get you the best and motivate, motivate people who them. work hard. It is motivating even if I can afford. Mm. But a student studying very hard to get AAA in physics, in chemistry and mathematics or biology, chemistry, math, really that even if it's from a well-to-do family. They should, they should be motivated, they should be rewarded. That hard work should be rewarded. So for me, I'm for uh, where government may also create other scholarship schemes, mm. which are not necessarily loans, mm. but to take care of that, like we have now MasterCard, where we have, uh, uh, through our development partners, got that scholarship that is specifically looking for that category of people. So government could also create that little funding mm. or a scholarship which is basically for those that are economically disadvantaged but academically, uh, you know, talented. Mm. Yeah, that could also be an alternative, not to remove the other one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, lastly, we would like to go away with some words of encouragement, inspiration to the listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many thanks for you. First is to encourage you and also appreciate your time and uh, innovativeness in, uh, in having these uh, podcasts. Thank and, you uh, so much. <laughs> I think communication is important and I see your passion in communication, in, in writing, in, in uh, public relations and engagement. Yes. I think that's an area where we need more people. Mm. Reason being that uh, a lot of uh, conflicts, a lot of uh, mistakes are made because people don't have information. Mm. So I think what you are doing is novel, is uh, that uh, through this you are able people to get information and uh, people understand many things they don't know. From different perspectives. From different perspectives. Because someone goes through life thinking their perspective is what it's yeah, supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. So for my first appreciation is with you. Thank you. I think it's a very, very innovative way and please carry it on. Thank it you. could be a platform for um, the students to get to know even their questions when you visit university staff, officials, administrators, and mm. they get to know about sometimes students acting out of ignorance mm. or other people play on their psyche and mind and they riot or they cause unnecessary cause. Sometimes they don't know information and they make mistakes. Yes. So if they are informed, then they can make the right choices and the right decisions in their lives. Mm. Because uh, So that's important, communication, information, is very, very, very important. So the second thing is also to uh, give advice to students that uh, it's always important to engage your mind because a university is an opportunity to transit. Mm. You are now at a stage where you are transiting from school life mm. to work adult life. Mm. Uh, you might think the university has a lot of time. These three years you are here, four years, five years, for those that do medicine, they just flash out in a flicker. Mm. and then you are out of this university. You may cause chaos here, but you realize whatever you are doing in society, society is watching. Yes. Man or human beings are part of society. Mm. What you do, you might think you are doing it, nobody is observing, society is watching. Some of us today have memories of the people we went with to school 20, 30, years, 30, 40 years ago, but we were able to see uh, those who really had the very, very bad ways of whatever, this world has not been very easy to them. Mm. Even they cut off their networks. So the way you behave, the way you conduct yourself must be transiting from the student life 
to a professional a working life. Mm. So it is always important to start practicing your conduct. Build good friendships and networks. The people you are with here at the university or at school will be your contemporaries. Out to, there. To, to the out there when you finish today, there is nothing in this country. Let me say a service if I needed it. I just give, make phone calls because I have many people I've went with that was at the same time within the university. And that's where even the world is going, many connection. Of them, many of them are ministers today. Mm. Many of them are chief executives in, gov in government corporation. In others are outside in the world in international organizations. Mm. You're talking about African Development Bank. I have people there that, I, that know me that always go. If they want anything in Makerere, supporting their children, advice here, studying what they do. Likewise, medical doctors, I have an ailment, or my children are sick, what? My own doctors are my own friends and contemporaries. Definitely. And the lawyers, again, you have a fool. If I, I had any case or something, I can quickly through phone call get 10 or 15, including the Lord Mayor and many others who um, I went, I was in class with, mm. and many others. The KK, the, the Attorney General Chiriwachiwanuka, and, and many others. So. The, 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 you must maximize and optimize the relationship and the conduct and uh, build strong relationships with friends. Mm. Uh, be, tra be, be honest. Uh, be trustworthy. Mm. Uh, don't be a crook. Mm. Be credible. Uh, you know, those values are very, very important as you are building your personality and the career preparing for the, 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 the work life. Yes. And, and, and many opportunities will come your way because you are trusted. Mm. People will entrust you with the projects, with the money, with the funding. They know you can run a project and do research and, and give their outputs, the deliverables. That are productive not, and effective. Exactly. No, you are not, not taking money to other use when they have given need to you to help uh, you know, a certain cause or, or do some work. Mm. So I think the good conduct, values, virtues, discipline is important and self-discipline is very, very important. Definitely. Thank you so much. Well, that was quite the interview and I hope um, to all of you who are listening in up until this point, thank you so much. I hope you've taken a few pointers, you know, uh, in how you should conduct yourself. The, the the last four minutes when he was been, when he was advising us were really crucial, and they could help you in you know shaping yourself while at campus. You know, picking the right friends, the right networks, being strategic while doing all of that. So yeah, um, that was it for today's episode. Thank you so much. Um, a lot is happening in the country with the whole anti-homosexual bill and the Mabati. <laughs> what else is happening in the country? A lot. But um, we shall get into that in subsequent episodes. You know, have a few people come over talk about it. If at all it really actually... Actually... Uh, but anyways... <laughs> But anyways, um, uh, God, those are contentious topics. But um, all in all, um, thank you for listening in to the Kokoma Method podcast. And yeah, I, I hope to see you around in the next episodes to come. There is a lot I'm bringing for you. Trust me, a lot. This year is stocked, inshallah. Like, let's just ask for, let's just pray for good health and life. And trust me, the content will continue coming in. Ciao for now.